0: You're listening to this Hong Kong Live, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the authentic voices of our local youth sharing their thoughts and feelings of growing up and living in the city we call home. Welcome to season seven. Very often when we look at something, we are merely taking in the tip of an iceberg. There is always more, much, much more, to what we can see. I'm Renee. The youth host of This Hong Kong Life. I will talk to other young people like me and discover what's under the surface. Hello, welcome back to another episode of This Hong Kong Life. So today we have Rita and Emery joining us. I not only play on a school level, but in my outside of school team, we do compete internationally. And well, I mean, it's good that it's really like an argument because you know boys and girls are always separated in terms of sports like girls mm. team and boys team so obviously i played in a girls team and i feel like that's actually completely fine if stuff are like not put together in a mixed gender team but yeah that's all like my how i view this like gender stereotyping or how gender inequality is in sports basically right well, I'm
1: glad that you pointed that out. I mean, I do have a new perspective in looking at that now. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool to know. I, I feel like everything now are the results of all the male dominated historical, um, establishment. You know, who wrote the criminal law and, and, and codes? Who, yeah. who were the juries sitting in courtroom t- telling us what is crime? Who were the one that, um, preaching religion or gospels like everything were just predominate predominantly male and mm-hmm. middle class high class male so yeah. that's why now we're kind of reverting and and um kind of kind of want to debunk that structure mm-hmm. and kind of have a more equal um society but it is hard because now we came to an era men's are asking for what about men's right you know like me too movement has gone too far i mean the narrative between two genders are different and some people just cannot acknowledge that
2: yeah i actually read something that um recently just on instagram um i i i I saw i don't know if it's an actual kind of phenomenon or anything but i saw someone basically make a comment on a a post saying you know the me too and then the men going oh what about us and then someone in the comment section put um this is what we call the what aboutism. So, it's always going to be what about us? What about them? Yeah. What about those? Um, and that's just a never ending argument. It's not healthy. It's not helping anyone. And I think, you know, when we talk about Me Too movement, often Black Lives Matter, mm. that, that does not mean that the other lives don't matter. Um, yeah. So, I think people kind of took that too literally in that sense and then made that argument kind of just go in a vicious cycle. Um, it's something quite interesting, uh, when it comes to gender colors. Um, so I think, um, now, obviously, I think generally speaking, if you think about boys, uh, especially when you buy, let's say, baby clothes, it's usually in blue. And then for girls, it's usually in pink, right? Before the wartime, um, actually, blue, the color blue was meant for girls. Or uh, was more used for girls uh, and then the pink color pink was more used for boys that idea was basically was was run for centuries and, and hundreds of years i think it was like the 1940s 50s where consumer industry really came to play and you know, Brom decided right let's just do boys uh, for, for for blue and then girls for pink and um, so even what we know about gender colors is not necessarily true and, and is not set you know no one in a universe that's not set of how, how it is, right? So, and it's all about kind of the education and the awareness. It's just interesting how kind of we at a stage where, at this world where we have all the research papers, we have all this information online, and we kind of just almost kind of taking all that thousands of centuries of years of what we thought we know and kind of thinking, actually, hang on a minute, this who says this is true and why is that the way it is um mm. so i'm so glad you know this podcast exists and this conversation we have exists because without these things people would not know about the history of how the boys colors became blue and, and pink right yeah,
0: and totally agree seeing how like little kids nowadays like at young age like three or four Mm. they can be so obsessed like girls can be so obsessed with the color like pink and boys can be so obsessed with the color black gray or blue like I'm just so surprised and like it's also like talking about like how Rita earlier mentioned about women's right and how boys like male will ask for men's right like gender color thing has been a big issue like people are being like specific gender they are going to be criticized for wearing like a specific color like it's just so so weird like how this exists and how like i'm really surprised like actually little kids how they're influenced and through what like are they influenced by their parents or social Mm. media since like little kids are watching youtube and netflix at like since they're born or something yeah yeah isn't it
2: insane how early is that that kind of those values are set in stone in in their yeah
0: yeah i think i
2: read somewhere that um basically your general sense of how the world works is Mm. set by the time you're six
1: yeah
2: and if we think about how old we were or or what we knew when we were six barely nothing right i barely remember what happened before i was six what are the subtext they're saying to you and all of that goes into your head and, and it really solid um and, and it really ingrains in your values and that ultimately dictates how you treat others beat other people when you're in school making those jokes and when you're at work making those jokes that you think is you know, in, not not inappropriate, but actually it, it, is, it is quite harmful and it's come from a place from subtext and, and subcontext that we see before we were six from random strangers we see in shops yeah. and in 7-Elevens and, and it is quite scary.
1: Yeah, oh, great that you mentioned about parenting and like early childhood conditioning. Like, I could still hear a lot of parents saying that, why are you crying? You're a boy. And Mm. why are why you running like a girl? Why are you screaming like a girl? Like, these kind of stereotypes just constrain the growth of the children and kind of limit them to boys doing that, girls doing that. Mm. And it's very hard to get that awareness to be woken and unlearn all these learnings later on.
2: So I think the whole topic about gender empowerment and what can we do to support women and all that kind of Mm. stuff, I think really it starts with the very basics. Uh, kind of, I think we are kind of going too far ahead almost kind of, we had to kind of dial back and go from, okay, what does even gender mean and and Mm. what are gender roles and what are gender norms, because without really understanding what we think we understand from that part first, it's very difficult to talk about gender empowerment because you don't understand i think the world has changed uh, i think there's definitely more and more awareness and, and less compared to let's say when we were growing up rita um compared yeah. to the world um but i think there's still obviously still a huge stigma of what a boy should do what a girl should do uh, but i'm glad at least people are at least talking about it um mm-hmm. in hong kong i do see maybe doesn't um there's still quite a lot of stigma around these kind of topics uh mm-hmm. but i think um more and more tvs and more and more um, commercials, we're slightly, seeing a slight different when it comes to tone. Um, and yeah. I think all of this stuff just takes time and, and, and essentially we are changing culture um, and, and culture just takes a long time sometimes.
1: Yeah, I'm just also very glad to observe that these kind of things have slowly seeped into the public's consciousness. So when mm-hmm. we're having this kind of conversation more and more and feel at ease in bringing that up, I think that's how social change going to embark, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, Emery, are you comfortable talking about how you have been, um, through the two worlds and how do you feel and what's your journey on that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe a bit of context for, for, um, for the, uh, people who are listening at home. Um, so I'm trans. Um, so I was born female and, and, uh, transition, um, to male. Um, so, you know, it's funny cause actually having that kind of both perspective. Um, more so when I was younger and living as a girl. Um, I also went to an all girl school in the UK. Um, so that gave me even more of an insight of what it meant to be, let's say, quote unquote, a girl. Uh, and now in a workplace when you're an adult, quote unquote, what it means to be a man. Um, now, of course, this could be a lot of very different reasons. And it could be in my head, or it could be you know, any of those things. But I really truly see what we call male privilege. And it's nothing that has been like drastically changing my life, but it's just, I just noticed the way people speak to me. Um, Mm. they look at you in the eye more directly. Um, when I'm out with my girlfriend, they tend to look at me more uh, and speak to me as a, as kind of under the quote unquote leader of, of the, or the Mm. speaker of the two of us. Um, and, you know, I think also as well, even in business meetings and, and, and work meetings, people generally don't question you as much don't you know they, they are they take everything you say at face value whereas mm. even a couple of years ago before I, I made this transition medically um it was still kind of you know you felt like you had to win people over more you had to kind of justify everything you do um so i do really see a huge difference in terms of the how i present uh, now as an adult as a man people do really treat you differently mm. so i do think men in general also need to recognize that at the same time the little subtle kind of uh doubt women face every single day in their work um every single day when they even go for shopping or, or whatever it may be um it's really hard to recognize that unless you've lived through that so i think mm. men in general need to do a better job of listening um i really believing a hundred percent of what women are saying because i think men do probably generally believe yes there is a difference and you get treated differently but i don't think they for sure 100 understand the depth of how far mm. it goes mm. what do you guys think about you know do you guys have do you guys talk about these things with your kind of male friends or, or your partners or anyone in your life and, and do they see that difference
0: yeah yeah, yeah we do. Yeah, renee go ahead yeah so actually um just talking about friendship my guy best friend he's actually bisexual and he He has always struggled with what men a man should do and what Mm. women should do like we constantly talk about this he has mentioned that he's not always comfortable with what like his parents are telling him what he should do as a boy especially Mm. in like asian culture you know like Mm. i feel like gender stereotyping is more it's like even more significant in asian culture comparing like east asian culture comparing to like the western culture i i guess yeah so yeah that's all i have to say
2: it's interesting you say that about kind of what a man should be role how does you act you know i do yeah. also find myself sometimes thinking about oh my god no I, I should be more like this because now i'm a man um and i little think it's things the term like this-
0: masculine like exactly yeah.
2: yeah and so i think it does you know no matter how quote unquote, how woke you are how much you're aware of these things it's very easy to also fall in these traps i should be more confident because i'm a man for example um it's, it shouldn't be about what gender you are it shouldn't be about your background it should be just about who you are as a human um mm. it's probably quite a different kind of concept uh as compared to what we've been told when we were in school when we was a kid uh but i think it has to start from that place before you bring gender into it before you bring your background into it. Yeah,
1: that reminds me of a research that I had been doing. with one of, the universities, uh, uh, one of the universities in Hong Kong, and it's just talking about how men has poorer mental health because of mm-hmm. all the because of all the toxic masculinity that they embrace. Like they have to be self reliant, they don't want to seek help, mm-hmm. they have to be the leader of the family. So when they lost their job, they their identity just shattered, and they have to do a lot. They have a lot of burden on themselves because of all the society la- societal labels mm-hmm. and that is why we are hoping that the social work discipline could lead the um, local organizations to have like kind of gender specific uh, mental service because mm-hmm. a lot of services are kind of I, I don't know whether it's like a historical thing that mental issues were associated with female and that's why how that how their program are engineered mm-hmm. and now they are not catering to male's needs because men do not like to sit together tell yeah. you my problem and share my emotions they mm. just need that support and they want to do it themselves so you just have a step to step guideline goal-oriented program and they would be really comfortable with that kind of support so yeah. so yeah, so yeah I, I just really want to know uh what kind of local organizations or ngos um, are doing right now in this
2: uh in this regard and what are their directions in gender empowerment and stuff like that i love the idea of actually having like a, 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 me- a kind of mental health kind of uh, i guess um community for men Mm. Um, i know obviously like you mentioned a lot of them it's a bit more tailor-made for women um there's also quite a few now that's kind of lgbt lgbt focus i think Mm. probably because of the the same logic where women are probably a bit more open and are probably a bit more um, uh, um, okay to be vulnerable and ask for help and i think what i noticed as well is that girls or, or women in general they do kind of share their problems without Anyone asking without anyone mm. prompting them, but whereas men, you really have to have in that environment where you've probably been sitting and, and having a chat for a couple of hours, where they actually feel comfortable to um, mm. to actually kind of be a bit yeah. more vulnerable and kind of show their weakness. Um, yeah. But you know, I think especially in Hong Kong, we rarely get that time to so really kind of sit down for hours yeah. and, and really get into, into you know the, the details of you know what's going on with your life and that kind of stuff. But men also need to learn kind of why that is. Um, and, and that's also going to help them as well. Cause I think there's loads of statistics that says actually, um, suicide rate in men is is a, a lot higher like drastically oh, yeah. higher than women um mm. so when we even talk about gender empowerment We you know we can't also just think about just a woman It's affecting yeah. the men as well and they are dying there's a lot more ngos now um mm. that that is doing some great job uh but i think you know in specific to let's say women in workplace um i know the woman foundation has has a has a great kind of setup um i think there's a um what they call the 30% Club uh, basically is a kind of like a business campaign aiming to boost the number of women in board seats, uh, in a boardroom, mm-hmm. and executives and, and high management um, in, uh, across companies, not just in Hong Kong, but all across the world. And that goes back to the whole kind of cultural belief or, or kind of societal belief where women should be, you know, after they get married, they should stay at home and, and take care of together yeah. babies and that kind of stuff. And, you know, does that really make sense anymore in, in, in terms of the world we're living?
0: Um, in yeah, especially given that Hong Kong is such an international city and how Hong Kong, given its Hong Kong his history, how it has been colonized by the British Empire and how its own Chinese East Asian culture is still here and they're all are put together given that gender inequality still sort of exists in Hong Kong. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like workplace or, or, um, your employee, your employer kind of not honoring your, your, um, maternal responsibilities or family role really play a huge part. Cause Mm -hmm. I remember when I was younger, I kind of want to be academic already, but people were like, if you're out of the academic for a year, because of your family role or you want to bear a child, you're basically out of the game because you're outdated. Mm-hmm. And hence, loads of like the high rank professor are filled with male because a female could only be associate or assistant professor. And that's kind of their glass ceiling in academics mm-hmm. and having like workplace that's flexible around your maternal responsibilities and allow you to still have a seat or paid leave mm-hmm. that
2: those change a lot already. Yeah, so I think uh, apart from, you know, The fact that we're all talking about it, um, the government and, you know, larger companies who have actually real kind of impacts to the world and society we live in has a huge part to pay. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially when you talk about kind of the workplace policies when it comes to kind of maternity leave and that kind of stuff. Um, So today, I think I haven't had the time to read into it too much yet, but I believe Spain um, became the first European country to offer menstrual leave, right? Mm -hmm. Actually in Asia, there's more countries um, that already offer some form of menstrual strain, um, uh, leaves um so I think we also have sometimes to to give credits to to the Asia kind of culture I don't think yeah. it's always about kind of the Asian values are, are always kind of behind or, or kind of you know mm. haven't call it I think it's just very different but yeah. we must as 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 well because we are all Asian is how do we find those traditional values and yep. bring those things forward and incorporate that into our lives um so when it comes to the menstrual strain um uh, menstrual leaves I think Taiwan um japan south korea um indonesia they actually all offer some sort of forms so i don't see why hong kong can't follow the suit or at least use those countries as a reference that's a bit closer than perhaps mm-hmm. spain um and see how that works out but i think by having these policies at work and having this flexibility having you know having a a, a pump room um you in, in in your office that, yes. ma- that makes a world of change right and, and oh that says a measure about you know we welcome women who have um who had who have babies and work full-time have kids and have kind of that primary care responsibility to be able to work in an office and i think that that sends a huge message
1: yeah 100 percent. i slowly could see a breastfeeding room everywhere in local university as well Ooh. in hong kong so i oh, think this is a great
2: introduction yeah yeah, um, and you know, all, all it takes is just l- these little things, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be grand, you know, gestures. Or Obviously, I think the, the bigger there is, the the, the, the stronger measures become.
0: Yeah, yeah. I personally think at the end of the day, gender empowerment, it can pretty much be self-defined. Like, there's no specific definition. As I said at the start, how our upbringing and external factors influence how we think uh, given our personal experiences and everything I feel like stereotyping is just not the way to solve an issue mm. and I feel like there's always an alternative ways to do everything given that even that some people think that yeah women are not as capable as men but actually like are those people even gonna self-reflect or are they the ones that are more of like uneducated in a way yeah
1: yeah i think being open-minded to others reality and be respectful you know just everything stems from respect just then i think it's it's way easier to navigate in any societal process or or any changes so yeah everything is just mutual respect i believe Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we should just treat everyone as human as, as a first and foremost, uh, and then, and then be kind of, uh, what I like to kind of call it is that be the idiot in the room. Is that always assume you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I had a great conversation today.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys for joining today. So I guess that's the end of our episode. Thank you for sharing your perspective or personal stories i think our listeners will totally enjoy what we have discussed today since it's a very like interesting topic yeah so yeah that's all guys thank you bye Thank thank you for listening this hong kong life is an initiative of kelly support group we are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in hong kong If you like the show, please subscribe and get new episodes every week. We would love to hear from you. Nominate yourself or a friend to share next. Drop us a note at hklife at kely.org. See you next time.